It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual selves. And 2020 taught us an awful lot about being responsible for our health and wellness on many different levels. And 2021, here we are all ready to the end of July, and it is teaching us the same message, the importance of actually paying attention to what we're doing physically, emotionally, uh, to ourselves through our choices. So I always tell people to go to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And on that website, you'll see a link to Boomers Forever Young. And this is a world-class company with products that I've used for the last four and a half years now. And it they will keep you healthy. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind about the efficacy of these products. But uh, there are several that I think uh, you might want to take a look at. One of them is the barley, which is a sprout. It's not a grain. And that will keep the inflammation out of your body. Uh, also removes toxins and rebuilds muscles. And the other one is if you're not taking vitamin D3, and you should be, uh, then you know you can pick it up there uh, very inexpensively. We need to be using between five and 10,000 international units every single day, especially if you're in a northern climate and not getting as much sunshine. So check them out, sign up for their free health newsletter, and um, you know maybe watch some of the videos. Uh, they have some really good testimonies, but acquaint yourself with these world-class products. Okay, so I have, as a new guest with me today, Melanie Starr. And Melanie, you're in Nova Scotia, correct? Yes, I'm in Nova Scotia, Canada. Okay, um, and that is a part of the world that I intend to come and see, so I'll maybe get to meet you face-to-face someday. That would be um, fun. I, I had a past life reading done at the end of December of 2020, and it turns out that I was a Viking uh, in a very small uh, clan, but it was in Nova Scotia. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so uh, another reason for me to come and acquaint myself with your area, see if there's any vibes there that I can pick up. (laughs) You might. (laughs) Uh, That's very true. Um, So you're a holistic healing professional and coach, and you've had about 25 years of experience in yoga therapy and in energy healing. Uh, And I guess this has been done alongside with a career as a consultant and a writer in healthcare and in medical science. So that is a, that's kind of an interesting background to me. I mean, it's like on the one side, it's kind of black and white because medical science is pretty much that way, looking for answers. And the other is, you know, like bringing it all in together, the holistic part, which is um, where I come from the majority of the time. So your own experiences with trauma kind of led you to understanding that you had to help somebody heal with um, a broader modality, not just a physical healing, but also an emotional healing and um, 
you know, the intellectual and the spiritual part and combining all of those. And I thought that was so cool because that's what the show is really about, is understanding that we are multifaceted. If, they, if you stand in front of a mirror and you think that that's all you are is what's looking back at you, then you've missed the boat, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's so, so much more to us than what we see in the mirror. Oh, so, so much more. Um, kind of freaky in some ways, you know, how much more there is. And a lot of times we just don't even get that until maybe, you know, we're almost deceased. I think a lot of times when somebody is in the process of dying, those last few hours, they begin to understand all mm -hmm. of the ramifications. And I know I've told this story before on a few other shows, but I have never shared it with you. So I'll share this and then we'll begin going into what you did for me. Uh, when my husband um, was in hospice the last six days of his life, you know, he was more out of it than he was with it. And uh, he had stopped eating and he had stopped taking any kind of fluids uh, the last 24 to 48 hours. So Jack and I had an understanding that he knew that I believed in vibrational frequencies and energy, that that's all we are, is, is we are vibrating cells, 50 trillion of us inside of a virtual bodysuit. And that when we leave this bodysuit, uh, at that point, you know, we move on, our soul moves on. But he sort of understood where I was coming from. So at the time of his transition, his son was 45 minutes away. I was only 10 minutes away. And they had sent me home saying that uh, it would not be that night. They, I left him at about 7.30 in the evening and they said it won't be until tomorrow. So his daughter ends up calling me saying, have they been able to get hold of you? And this was around 9.30. And I said, no. And she said, well, dad's transitioning. She lived in Minnesota. So he basically allowed for the energy transmission to go to her phone, but he blocked it coming to my phone and he blocked it going to his son's phone. He did not want us there with him. So by the time I got there, he had already passed it. It had been like five, six minutes. Normally as somebody dies, they get cold, right? And he had had a condition uh, called pericardial effusion that once that condition was remedied, he was always chilly. So he always had on long sleeves and um, you know was just cold for the last three and a half years of his life. When I went into his room, his hands were warm. They mm -hmm. were not cold. And they stayed warm for two and a half hours because it took that long for the coroner to finally get there. So he never lost the color in his face. He never lost the warmth in his hands. Once they did whatever they did, because uh, I left the room and then they put him into like this quilted body bag. And once they did that and I was able to say goodbye, then his face was white, but not until right. then. And I know that was his way of saying, I am sending this energy to show you that what you think is true. Yes, I had a um, very powerful experience as well involving a death that really, I mean, I had always had strong leanings towards being, a, you know, 
uh, as a child, I was kind of religious believer. And then of course I went through university and took all the philosophy courses and became very existentialist, right? Materialist and existentialist and quite atheistic in my thinking. Um, and I, I was sort of in and out of that, but I also was a yoga teacher. So I, you know, I was just kind of keeping this open view, but not really like dedicated to spiritual beliefs. Uh-huh. But when my, uh, when my brother died in 2009, um, I was in my home and he was in the hospital um, 30 miles away. And I laid awake all night. Um, he, we, we, I knew he was going to die that night because we'd taken him off life support. He had H1N1. He died in that H1N1 pandemic in 2009. Wow. And um, I was lying in bed. I couldn't sleep, of course, because I knew my brother was dying that night. It was terrible. He was 46 years old. Um, I had my hand on my you know, forehead as I was lying there, just stressing out all night. And my mind was pretty blank at this time because it was just about eight o'clock in the morning when suddenly he flooded into my consciousness and I could just feel him. And I could see this tableau in my mind of him going around to all of us who had been at the hospital earlier that afternoon, praying and saying goodbye. And he was went around and hugged us all and said, thank you for coming. And then I felt this like whooshing feeling And in my mind's eye, out towards the skylight that we had in our bedroom, I could feel and I I went with him down a tunnel. And it's just the classic thing, like the tunnel with the light at the end. And I just felt like I was with him and we went whoosh down this tunnel. And then he went through and I didn't. And it was it was overwhelming uh, sensation. I got out of bed immediately and I walked downstairs towards the phone. It was, you know, it wasn't a cell phone. We actually had a landline in those days. And I walked towards the phone and I put my hand on the phone and it rang just as I put my hand on it, picked it up. It was his partner saying he had just died. So um, that was a pretty life changing experience for me. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, all bets are off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think if we're lucky enough, you know, to get to experience something like that, maybe it helps to, um, you know, guide us a little bit more in life as to what is important. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And understanding that it's not just this material world that we're living in that matters. There's so much more to it. And there's so much more behind every, um, every decision that we make than what we think there is. Right, right. Well, what we're going to talk about during our show today is discovering the power of your soul's blueprint. And I found that to be absolutely fascinating because you did a soul profile for me that was a divine soul uh, blueprint. And I had no idea what it was going to be about. And I think you wanted to know my name that I was born with, um, the city that I was born in, and then my actual birthday. That was all you needed, right? Your name at birth, your current name. Okay. And your date and location of birth. Yeah, that's all I need. So current name, I forgot. Um, And what you said, it was like, I almost already knew most of it. And it absolutely you know, fell into place with my understanding more about who I am and why I do what I do. So um, wherever you want to start with this is is great with me. 
but explaining maybe what the divine soul blueprint is, is, is a good place, you know, for people to begin to understand. Sure. Okay. Well, the divine, uh, and just to, to frame it in the larger picture of what we're okay. talking about, we're talking about the uh, soul realignment is, <laughs> is the modality that I'm working in. Um, so soul realignment is the process of really identifying how the soul was created. Like what is the fundamental essence of an individual soul from its creation, but how also how it is being altered by the individual's choices over lifetimes, because that affects the divine soul blueprint. It puts blocks and restrictions in the flow of energy. If you think like our divine soul blueprint, in a way, it's almost like our operating system, I suppose you could say for how we're going to operate as uh, humans in an embodied existence, right? When we're, when we're in our bodies, Here's and, and we're when we're able to make choices that have real impact when we're in our bodies. We can't when we're not embodied, right? <laughs> There's no choices to be made when you're not embodied, but when you are embodied, you get to make choices and then you get to experience the consequences of your choices. And that's really what we're doing here in our bodies on earth. Um, we, when we make choices that are out of alignment with what our divine soul blueprint is, then we develop blocks and restrictions that. That, that's, that are like, um, like rocks in a river, if you think about blocking energy flow. So we are getting our energy from source, right? Um, but we make choices away from our divine self and we get the, it starts to block off our access to the energy from source, which is why a lot of people are really lost, right? If they've been making choices out of alignment over lifetime, over lifetime, over lifetime, they can eventually lose their connection to source and start drawing energy from other people instead of from source. That's, that um, might be part of the reason that people have um, mental health issues then. Certainly for some people could be part of it. I wouldn't get into like um, there could be past life stuff that has to do with mental health issues. And yes, if people have really made a lot of choices against their own uh, divine nature. Yeah. Like that kind of separation would eat away at you okay. yeah so and then certainly yeah. the physiological ailments that a lot of people have if, if they're in alignment their bodies are going to function much more easily than if they're out of alignment and they end up you know constantly maybe stressing about something and so you know with that and dealing with all kinds of garbage um the consequences of their choices right can be terrible it can be really, uh, well, I shouldn't judge. It's just the consequences are what they are. And um, because we are the creators of our own experience for better and for worse, right? So um, yeah, all kinds of people can end up with all kinds of problems based on their patterns of choices um, that are gonna affect many aspects of their lives and their ability to really feel that they're here doing what they're here to do. Like, are they really expressing who they came here to be, or are they just going through the motions, um, feeling very disconnected from their soul path, from their purpose and from their source, right? right. Uh, which I think people have been doing that a lot um, for, for multiple generations. Um, but I think we're coming into a different time on the planet where people are becoming more conscious and wanting to take more responsibility to create better results for themselves. They're dissatisfied with their lives and the way things are going here on earth. We need a big change uh, for the sake of everybody. Mm -hmm. That's very true. 
So if somebody was recognizing that their life maybe wasn't going as smoothly as it could go, you know, then getting this kind of a blueprint would maybe reveal, you know, part of where the stumbling blocks are. Sure. Uh, there's two, there's two parts of it, as you know, from your reading, there's the soul profile, which really gets into how your soul was created at source. And then there's the part um, where we map out the choices that you've made over lifetimes that are still influencing you now and perpetuating certain kinds of patterns. Um, in my own, um, just as, as an example, what I, what I discovered when I did my own reading, um, which was several years ago now, I discovered that I was really bogged down with a past life where I had gotten involved in all kinds of vows, like a lot of um, religious order vows of, mer of uh, obedience and chastity and poverty. And then I go, well, that may explain some of the issues that I deal with in terms of really being stuck in a people as a people pleaser and st struggling with abundance and dealing with, um, you know, when I was a younger woman, sexual shame was a really big thing for me. Um, I was involved in a lot of contracts of healing as a giver. So just, you know, that giving of healing, as opposed to recognizing that only only people can only heal themselves. You can work with them to support them to heal themselves. But if you're rushing in, Oh, I'm going to fix you like that whole fixer thing and how disempowering that is for other people. And you get entangled with them and end up with people basically stepping on each other's toes, not getting anywhere um, when you're in those kind of, um, you know, enmeshed relationships and things that can happen where people are really um, not taking responsibility for themselves or enabling other people um, to not take responsibility for themselves and overgiving, um, you know, there's two sides to the equation. Um, those things can, can happen. And when you're overgiving, you're disempowering yourself and, you know, you're, and the other person, it's really, um, yeah, they're really, they're patterns that can really just get you bogged down and not clear on your path and not sure about how you're supposed to be going and what really is your responsibility like where your responsibility ends and someone else starts. There's a lot of confusion about that in people's lives. So I had discovered those patterns in myself and also that I had been making a lot of choices um, with energy of things like obligation and lack, trauma, victimhood, shame and blame, right? And limitation. So you discover those kinds of things about yourself. And then you say, how am I going to start making different choices? Because look where this has got me not in a good place, right? Right. Um, because whatever decisions you're making, like whatever is the energy of a decision you're making, if it's a decision, if you're making decisions based on fear, you're going to continue drawing in more circumstances that are going to cause you to have to make more decisions based on fear, right? Because the energy that you're putting out is the energy that you're going to receive back in. So you just get stuck in these patterns. And um, you end up not producing very good results for yourself or your family, you know, or making their contribution that you really came here to do and feeling like you're really hooked into um, what is um, lighting you up and making you feel really joyful in your life. Like you're here doing what you're meant to do because you're bogged down in all this stuff that happens and all the unintended consequences. Right. I, I was just thinking and, so many cases, you know, as a therapist myself, when I'm working with somebody, um, they do, they feel heavy, you know, their lives feel heavy. And That's right. It's because they've taken on more 
than what they were supposed to take on because of this feeling of I have to be responsible, I have to do it, you know, this way so nobody gets hurt or, you know, whatever it might be. But then they end up, it, it always um, goes back to Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, in A Christmas Carol. Remember mm -hmm. when uh, Marley showed up with all the chains wrapped around him? And yes. it was like a, the chains were things that he had forged, he said, with his own lifetime, choices that he had made that he could no longer get rid of because he was deceased. And so Scrooge had the ability to make different choices, thereby not having the weight of those choices be part of his afterlife. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant analogy. And that, that practically sums it all up right there, really, because that's what we're doing when we clear away um, the clearing process that I provided you with helps you clear away the energy of your past life choices um, at, a, at the level of intention. It makes it easier to make new choices going forward. If you don't make new choices, everything is just going to settle back in the same way as if you dust a room, but you don't open the windows to blow out the dust. It'll all settle back in if you don't take new action. But having the awareness and the motivation to make new choices and to have a sense of how should I be aligning my choices? Because now I know how my soul is structured and what some of my key life lessons are and what energies are really driving me then you have a pathway to start to make new choices that will help you unwind the heaviness of all those chains to start to take those chains apart link by link and set them down and move forward with more lightness in your being. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, very yeah. Good. Yeah, for sure. That's it. It's a, actually, I'm glad you thought of that because that is the perfect analogy. Yeah. Um, in when, you know, I'm looking at my report and, um, Maybe you want to explain a little bit, because I thought this was fascinating, that the soul group of origination, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, as, as we come into our physical or getting ready to come into, I guess, our physical being, that we go, you know, maybe with our soul group someplace to uh, work on that alignment process, I'm guessing. But maybe you can explain that a little bit better, because I had been told my goodness, I don't know how many times, at, at least, I'm going to say at least six times in my lifetime that I was Palladian. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I just, you know, when that came up, I was like, You're like, of course, <laughs> of course, that's, that's <laughs> so go ahead and explain how, well, that I mean, I'm not an expert in star seeds. That's not yeah. my sort of thing. But um, I'm more interested in how it all, the rubber hits the road on earth. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, we, we don't necessarily come to earth right away. Our soul wants to learn, I think, in a disembodied form um, from all kinds of other disembodied souls that it can, you know, learn from before we incarnate into earth and then start making those much heavier decisions for ourselves because we're embodied and it has real, you know, impact what we do. Um, so people spend, or their souls spend lifetime, or, you know, they spend a lot of time somewhere else before they come here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so for me, it was really empowering to really helpful to discover that I'm Pleiadian too, but I, I, I came through, I came through two places. I came through, um, the Andromeda first and then through the Pleiades. And so the Andromedan types, um, were, it's called mission realm. And those 
folks are here with, on a mission to resolve negativity on earth. And it's when we get here and we go, oh my God, what were we thinking? <laughs> because it's so heavy and it's just way, it's more than uh, mission roamers can really handle um, because things are so dense here. And so we, we have all these big ideas and we really struggle to actually pull them through. Uh, Pleiadians have a bit more like um, oomph in 3D, I think, but we do we do get kind of, um, so it explained a lot for me about why I have these such big ideas and why I struggle so hard to implement them. But it also really anchored me in understanding that, yeah, I am here to be like Pleiadians are leaders, right? I mean, I am here to be a leader. I have um, a mission and also my energy centers. I'm a primary um, energy center of truth and secondary energy center of communication. I have a 30 year career in communication, but not a communication career based on my own truth, based on writing and talking about other people's like medical research and the healthcare system and all that kind of stuff. So that's not that I couldn't pull abundance out of that career for myself. So this gave me so much more feeling like, okay, to, for me to create my abundant life and to feel really aligned, I have to be working from that truth center. Um, not that I was ever lying in my writing, but it wasn't about, it wasn't my truth. I need to align with my truth and talk about like, and, and share that with people, like what I've learned in my own experiences of going through and healing from really intense trauma. Um, so I, my specialty really is working with trauma and um, specifically divorce trauma or relational trauma, like the trauma that's um, people are experiencing over the course of their relationships and then in the dissolution of that relationship. Um, but I, I, I'm so committed to the holistic aspect that I want to pull in the trauma, like what trauma, where does it come from originally? People come in with their trauma a lot of the time and keep, re and keep regenerating trauma after trauma in this lifetime and don't understand why. And it's really helpful when you learn that you, what you came in with and you go, oh my God, no wonder. And then you can release yourself from a lot of beating yourself up. You can stop blaming other people as much maybe as you were. Um, it can lead you into a forgiveness state a bit sooner. You can understand that, gosh, we've all done, we've all done bad things to other people in our, if not this lifetime, for sure, in some past lifetime, exactly. you know, you can you sort of get a bigger uh, view of things and take things a little less personally, understand that you're participating in patterns of choice that you've been doing for a long time. <laughs> and uh, how that manifests, because you're, you're, as you know, I know you understand that you have your, your frequency that you're embodying is you is based on your choices and the consequences of those choices right, um, right. and how they're influencing, like that heaviness that you mentioned. If you have a lot of that heaviness in you from your past and your past lives, you will continue drawing heaviness to you. Right. It's like, right. Habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's because that's what you're resonating. You're resonating trauma. You're resonating shame. You're resonating guilt. You're resonating um, whatever that energy might be fragility or um you know judgment like whatever whatever um is coming in from your past that you're continuing to perpetuate in the current lifetime through your so, choices so basically when you begin to understand those areas and and the reason that you keep re-experiencing all of that 
then you can be at a point that you can make a different choice. Right. And, and you try to grab onto the other end of the stick because everything is a polarity, right? It's, um, one of my favorite ones, of course, is the fear love polarity. Which end of the stick are you going to grab a hold of, right? If you've been making choices from fear, how are you going to turn that around and start making choices from love? Right. right. And then how is that going to change your life? Right. And the number of people that are really afraid of love because if they love someone or something, there's the possibility that that someone or something is not gonna love them back. Right. Um, you know, that they will take the risk of losing. And, and so out of protection, you right. know, they just uh, isolate themselves, put themselves into a box and say, I'm safe in here and I can come out when I choose to come out, but then their life doesn't have the same uh, depth, I guess, uh, the same yeah. um, uh, dimension that it could have. Yeah. And that's where emotional healing really comes in too, right? Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, soul realignment is um, not a tool really for emotional healing so much, and although it does provide some when you start to understand. It's really a conscious, I find it a, much a consciousness tool and an energy shifting tool. Um, because you can, you clear out the energy of your past choices and you make new choices based on what you understand about how you're, how you're structured as a soul and what your, some of your primary life lessons are, but, um, you still have to be aware of things like attachment and that you can't, you know, the difference between loving someone and being attached to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the difference there and the need to develop that non-attachment and, all of those kinds of attributes. And that's a life's work can be, Yeah, yeah. you know, um, to understand that and to work with that. And we all get, we all get stuck with that um, lesson from time to time when we've become more attached to somebody and, and um, we're not in freedom then we're not in free, we're not in freedom and uh, choice. Then we're in obligation and attachment, which doesn't feel as good on either side, right? Right, right. Um, it, it shuts things down. It doesn't allow that free flow. I'm remembering, um, and I don't know exactly how long ago this was, probably about maybe 10 years or more, but Thich Nhat Hanh had talked a lot about, uh, you know, that whole non-attachment versus attachment. And, oh, yes. you know, working toward accepting situations and people, you know, as they are, that, that it's okay if they don't conform to maybe our belief system or the desire that we have of where something is going, that it's just important to recognize it and to be with it, but that it's okay not to have it in alignment with maybe where we're going. Right, yeah, that's, those are hard lessons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think those are very, very difficult lessons. Yeah. Um, another part of mine that I found totally fascinating were these primary life lessons. I love the life lessons stuff. Yeah. And I mean, mine were absolutely, I would say, 100% accurate. <laughs> because for me, it had to do with tenacity. And 
I would say that if my parents were still alive, they would say that I was probably one of the most tenacious children, you know, that they could have had uh, because I just was headstrong. I was going to do it the way I believe things should be done, but I never gave up, you know, and, right. and that was something that I carried through, you know, up until right now, you know, I just, I don't give up on things, whether it's a person where somebody else might say, for goodness sakes, walk away from that. And it's like, no, no, there's, there's a reason for this. Yeah. Um, so tenacity. And then the other one was peace for me. Those were the primary and the secondary. And I like what I really, one of the things that I really like about the life lesson part of the reading is that there's also the current aspect of what that life lesson is. And that shifts over time. Um, but yours was to each her own with tenacity. And so had we, we had discussed that idea that people don't always understand why you're being so tenacious on your path. Right. And they don't have to. <laughs> it's, <laughs> because not theirs. it's yours, right? It's yours. It's not theirs. So um, that people don't always understand why you're doing what you're doing, but you're doing it anyways. Right. And, you know, I, th I think that the fascinating part for me along, you know, just looking at that one little piece is when we are sure that we're on the path that we're supposed to be on, but everybody else is kind of saying, for goodness sakes, no, this is detrimental. Or, but they're doing it almost always out of love and concern. Right. So, you know, for, you know friends, family, whoever it might be, they would see it as, no, you don't understand. You're hurting yourself. <laughs> So, right. Well, it's, uh, and sometimes people are stuck in those choices that they're making are based on ego or fear, mm -hmm. um, and improper references. Right. But sometimes they are really, truly a soul knowledge that they have. It really just depends on the individual situation, but always people are looking at others and going, why are you doing that? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's hard. It can be hard to sort out to understand what's 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 my intuition telling me, or is that just my ego, <laughs> right? Like to sort that out. This can be this kind of tool can be helpful to help you sort that out. You can start to see where things are matching because your ego can take you way off course. Your higher self will never never take you off course. Right, right. And and the, another thing that I have talked about a lot on various shows is when we learn to make our choices coming from our heart center mm -hmm. because intellectually we live in our brains 95 percent of the time which is kind of a big number when you stop think about it but almost every choice we make in life while we're in our waking moments we're making it because of an intellectual process of some sort Right. We did some kind of risk benefit analysis or right. pros and cons or some other thing. Yeah. A lot of people do that. I don't, I don't find I do that much anymore. <laughs> well, that's good because I, I, I think that the majority of people do. And, but if you come from your heart, we have uh, 40,000 brain cells that actually live in our heart. And yes. so if we're coming from our heart, the brain cells that are operating from there, give us intuitive understanding they sure do yeah yes yeah absolutely and the heart also is um 
I don't know if you follow Greg Braden at all, but he talks about the magnetic field, like the, the magnetic field or electromagnetic field that our heart generates is four times more powerful than the electromagnetic field that our brain um, radiates, right? So if you are trying, you know, people um, trying to attract things from the law of attraction, if they're thinking it and doing affirmations and just thinking it, but there's no feeling involved. It's not a very attractive force. If what's really filling your heart is dread and fear and, and doubt and anger and anxiety, well, you're just not going to be, uh, that's not the message that you want to send unless you're wanting to get all kinds of anger, anger, anxiety, fear, and all that kind of stuff coming, um, more circumstances that breed more of that coming your way. So it's, it's extremely challenging, right? You have to, and that's why I think it's so important as, as you discuss at the beginning of your show, bringing in alignment, the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of your healing journey. Um, like I'm also a big uh, body work person. I'm a longtime yoga teacher and, um, you know, learning other physical modalities as well um, to retrain the nervous system and also to embody a different emotional state through the body. If you're, I know you can see me, your viewers can, but if I'm sitting like this, all slouched and slumpy um, with my head down or whatever, I'm gonna feel completely different than if I'm nice and straight, I have my chest lifted and my crown high and my chin up, there's just a whole different attitude and aura that you're emanating. Um, so you can, you can change your emotional state through your body and, um, you know, th that's very important. I also work with tapping, you know, emotional freedom techniques to, to strip, to deactivate your triggers and to strip away piece by piece, the emotional burden that you're carrying, bring Reiki in to help clear it out, you know, different kinds of energy healing. Um, and then there's the, and EFT also brings in the mental aspect because you're talking about it as a talk therapy, but you're using the acupuncture meridians to bring it into the body and the nervous system. And then you add this level of guidance from the Akashic record, which is where we get the information. Like I got the information for your, for your reading, um, not from my brain. <laughs> I, got, I got it from the Akashic record, right? Which is the super highway, super information, super highway at the fifth dimension. Um, you know, just one dimension up from the level of thought. Um, for those of your listeners who are into quantum physics, you probably have a few. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> the 10 dimensions, you know, quantum physics recognizes 10 dimensions of existence and the, the um, third dimension being the physical body, fourth dimension being the level of thought, the fifth dimension being the level of information, right. And intention. And that's where we go in to get the information from the Akashic record, everything, uh, you know, from fifth up, it's all very non-dense. It gets increasingly less dense the higher up the dimensions you go until at the 10th dimension, it's oneness. It's everything. It's the unified field. It's everything is one, right? There's no separation. We're just this, like you said, the field of vibration. Um, but that's what we're tapping into at the, in the Akashic record is the field of vibration. And that's why I need your coordinates, your name and your date of birth and so on to get your <laughs> information of, from your soul. But in that Akashic record is like every choice that was ever made, all of the consequences. And then there's also the future choices, the possibilities and probabilities um, that are there based on how people's choices pan out, which starts to shift the trajectory of how things are going to go for them based on how 
in alignment or out, align, out of alignment their choices are. It affects the trajectory of where things are gonna go. It's like, is this thing possible? Okay, it's possible. Is it probable? Maybe not, right? Like it's, it depends on what your choices are. The choices from the go forward determine the trajectory, right? You so know, it's fascinating. Yeah, we didn't talk about chakras, but when I talk about alignment to a lot of people, you know, it's, it's that, it's that pathway of energy that goes from the root, you know, through the crown. But a lot of people are not aware that beyond the crown, there are six more. That's right. And below the blow into the earth too. So, yeah. you know, having access to that smooth energetic source uh, allows them to be in touch with divine energy. And, That's right. You know, if, if that isn't in alignment, then it doesn't happen. That's right. Or if you're blocked anywhere along the line. Right. So yes, if a lot, a lot of people may be blocked at their crown, if they're not getting that divine information or that information from divine source. Right. Right. Okay, so that brings us to another little area that I found very fascinating in, in my reading, because I had never, I was not familiar with this word, and that was God spark. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, and at the same time, um, you know, I told you um, about saving my husband's life when they said he had an hour and a half to live. And yes. that obviously had to do with this God spark piece. Um, I think anyways, perhaps, know. I mean, you said you put one hand on his head and one hand on his heart, yeah, was it heart. or his belly? Yeah, his heart, his heart. And he had a heart situation happening. Yeah, he, uh, he had, uh, only 78% oxygen level right. in the body at that point, which is why they said he would live an hour and a half. Uh, they couldn't do surgery to take the fluid off of his heart because of that 78% oxygen level. And so they just left me with him thinking that I would want to spend, you know, the hour and a half that he was still going to be alive with him. And my message was, no, put your right hand on his head, put your left hand on his heart. And it took 30 seconds to mm -hmm. change his oxygen level from 78 to 98%. That's extraordinary. <laughs> well, the doctor said that's impossible, but nevertheless, it happened. And it happened. <laughs> they, they did surgery and he lived another three and a half years. So, yeah. And you are a Reiki master too, right? I am. Uh, I don't use the symbols the way most Reiki masters would use them. Okay. I, I don't see them in my, I mean, I know what they are, um, but I've never really used the symbols. I, it, it, for me, it's, uh, it's something that happens with my hands. Right. And so I just, I ask permission to touch the person unless they don't want to be touched. Right. But uh, otherwise I can send the energy in and I can send it to certain people that I know very well, long distance. Right. Yes. Um, what occurs to me, like the, when you telling the story and you mentioned the God spark. And as we had talked before, the God spark is that like, it's literally like that jolt of divine energy that lights up the soul That's uh -huh. creation. Right. And it, it's, um, you know, in spiritual theory, anyways, it's connecting at the thymus through a cord of and, and just an etheric energetic umbilical cord to God. Right. If you want to think about it that way. So my feeling when you say you put one hand on the top of his head and the other hand on his heart, it almost feels to me like you were anchoring in the God spark because it was about to let go. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's like you held on to it with the energy that you brought there, especially where the location is, right? It's like, it's head and heart. The way, yeah, it was like a holding it in <laughs> is the way that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. That's- I, I never, you know, to this day, I do not understand exactly what happened. I just know that it changed his life and my life for mm-hmm. about three and a half years. So there was a reason that I was told to do that. You know, he needed to maybe experience what he experienced over the next three and a half years. And I did too, but it was something external that flowed through me that allowed for him to live. So that's why the doctors said, you know, that's impossible. And I'm like, well, it's impossible. And yet it did happen. Well, yeah, because you're channeling divine energy as a Reiki healer, right? So um, it wasn't time for him to go. No, uh-uh. that's, that's obviously the case. How, how would somebody, um, well, let me, let me uh, go here first before we I ask this question, but um, with blocks and restrictions, you know, you went back like uh, 20 lifetimes ago, 18, 10, 9. So we carry with us these restrictions as we come into our physical being again, correct? Yeah, they're sort of, they're in the, your energetic matrix. Uh-huh. The choice where, where you haven't resolved the, the issues yet. Like we do heal lots of things over lifetimes. Every single choice that you've made is not going to come up into a reading. That would be, can you imagine? It would be onerous to try to do it. Only the things that are, <laughs> only the things that are still active in your field will come up in a reading and that you're ready to release. Stuff that you're not ready to release, it won't come up. Well, that's interesting. Okay, so you are at a point where you're ready to say, I don't need to carry this anymore. I don't need to carry this anymore. And so this is great. It comes up in the reading and then we can talk about it. And I give you that clearing process to clear that stuff out at the level of the fifth dimension in the Akashic record. We rewrite the Akashic record here. We, We unwind the karma in the Akashic record. You, it's then up to you to make new choices forward right? Like to not get into unproductive contracts and bargains and um, giving your power away. Really, a lot of what happens is that people will give their power away. Is, is that because they're kind of making a deal? Often. And, and I mean, we have to also remember human history, which is part of why I, I, I love doing these uh, backstories. But human history was a brutal time. I mean, we are, there's still a lot of brutality in the world. There's still a lot of awful heaviness, but when you think back, think back to the middle ages, think back, you know, to the um, BC times, um, there was the amount of, you know, enslavement and brutality um, was just mind boggling. Um, And women had far fewer choices and were, so people often made choices that their choice was do this or die. Right. Right. People and so people gave away their power under a threat of, um, you know, it was like become a Christian or we'll run when you run you run you through, <laughs> you know, um, if you happen to be say a druid or something, um, you didn't have a lot of choices if you wanted to live. 
And that's so, really what it boiled down to. Is so there was a lot of coercion. So you can see why people do have a lot of um, coercion, like feeling, you know, that they don't feel very free <laughs> in their choices or they don't, they, they may feel um, very held back or afraid for some reason they can't put their finger on mm -hmm. um, to make free choices. Uh, if they've given their power away like this in past lives, um, for the sake of their life, well, it's it's easily understandable. People have been pushed around and bullied a lot, right? And they've also done their fair share of pushing around and bullying. So, um, right, depending on the nature of the soul and and what happens to them and and how they respond to that going forward, you know, I mean, we have a, a go back. It was used to be an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? Exactly. So um, there's lots of negative patterns that people have been participating in. And, um, you know, like literally you have this heavy pattern similar to me of many time, lifetimes of giving up your power to a religious order. Right. And promising to be, to suffer and to sacrifice and to be poor and to be obedient and um, chaste and all of those things that, um, you know, that'll bog you down. I don't know how that's manifested in your life exactly, but these are things that just, it's, it can even just be that general feeling of impingement of just like, I you know, of not even being able to make choices because having given it away so many times uh -huh, uh -huh. or like, I have to do what people tell me to do. If you've taken a vow of obedience and wondering why you struggle to assert your own will even when you don't, even when you want to not do what someone told you to do and you want to say, no, I don't want to do this, do it anyway, <laughs> right? Uh, because you made a vow of obedience. So you want to clear that stuff out or a vow of poverty. A lot of people are, you know, why am I struggling? I just can't seem to hold on to money. Even if I have money, I feel like I have to give it away, <laughs> right? <laughs> because if you were part of a charitable monastic tradition or something, right? You know, it's uh, these things can stick around. Right, right. That's very true. Um, I was just thinking a lot of times people probably end up working for a boss or marrying a person that feels familiar. Yes. Because that that is what they were used to. Yeah. And so they're still, you know, living that um, past life of either obedience or something, you know, because that was just what they, you know, came into this lifetime with. And they forgot that the, the objective was maybe to say no to it or right. work their way through it. But they accepted that this is what they were most comfortable with. Well, people's comfort zones um, can be pretty uncomfortable, but it's what they're used to. Right. So they stick with it because they're afraid of change. Yeah. I don't know of too many people that aren't afraid of change, actually. No, I know. Even if it seems like it would be a good change, it can still be very scary to do. Right. Well, I, you know, I kind of chuckle a little bit to myself because, you know, as you get older, you get, you know, lines in your face and you age spots and you get, you know, other things that you didn't have in your 20s and maybe even 30s. And the focus is because of all the baby boomers, which I'm one of, but the focus is eternal youth right so that is where we're you know coming up with uh, all the dermatology applications all the plastic surgeries you know making sure that everything is um looking as youthful as possible and i remember i mean not that i do it because 
I'm vain enough that, <laughs> that I uh, want to always look my best too. But I can remember Barbara Bush when she was uh, first lady, there was some interview that she did. And I always remembered her comment because it was what you see is what you get. And I thought, you know, that is a pretty moxie way of looking at life is, is to be so confident that you don't, it's okay if you're not picture perfect. And she never was, you know, she, she wasn't like Jackie Onassis and she wasn't, you know, she just had this way about her that um, she was comfortable where she was. Right. In life. Lucky. Yeah, that's great. That's great if a person can get to that. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So in the few minutes that we have left, um, what would be some of the best reasons to do this? You know, because I found it totally fascinating. I certainly am going to do your little exercise of releasing, um, you know, the things that I'm still carrying with me. But if somebody's listening to this program today and they want to be in touch with you, what is, you know, how do they benefit by doing this in their life? Because I see all kinds of benefits. Right. Well, um, I feel that if, especially if someone is struggling and they are not liking what's been going on in their life, uh, they're at a crossroads maybe, and they are aware that something needs to shift, right. they, but they don't know quite what to do. And they feel a little that they want to feel, they know there's more, they know there's more to them. They know there's more to why they're here. And they want to connect to that and they want to feel more anchored into who they are at a soul level and then to be able to direct their life with that knowledge because they want to change the results. If someone's life is epic, I mean, sure, I can, you know, come along and, and we'll, we'll um, talk and there's all kinds of fascinating stuff you can learn about yourself to improve your life even further. Right. But um, the ones who would benefit, you know, as opposed to incremental like life-changing results as opposed to just incremental improvements would be the ones who are struggling with uh, big life transitions, which is the place where I like to work with people anyways in my coaching is, you know, big life transitions like a divorce or a career change, or should I start this business? Um, there's a whole soul realignment um, for conscious entrepreneurs thing, you know, to help people make sure that their business is aligned with their soul. Um, and also people who are coming out of relationships and they're confused about that and they don't want to repeat the same mistakes maybe in future relationships or they just want to understand they're looking for some closure or they just want to understand what that was all about i do do relationship readings that help people understand um, maybe why this went, went down with a person in a certain way because we can look and see what the shared past lifetimes may have been if there's a soulmate connection if there's any negative karma that's still being has been carried forward into the relationship that can happen. That is helpful for people to give them a sense of closure. Um, and then people who are really trying to create new results in their life. Um, there's a whole other reading that I just love. It's called the manifesting blueprint. And it really digs into how you're wired at a soul level to produce results. And it measures like where you like how your soul was created to manifest how you're showing up. <laughs> and so you can pinpoint the areas of grace variance <laughs> in how you're going about doing things in life, like real practical action stuff 
to start to shift towards um, your more optimal, how you were wired to create. So you start to align your actions to your actual manifesting blueprint to move things forward for yourself. So yeah, there's all kinds of different um, reasons why someone might, might want to do this. Um, and then life lessons, like, why am I here? What am I, what am I, what am I trying to learn? But there, there's, there's a lot of different readings, tons of them, but um, those would be the main things. Okay. And if somebody is wanting to get hold of you after listening to this program, what's the best way for them to do that? They can email me. Okay. At simple, simple email address, Melanie at melaniestar.ca. And Melanie is M-E-L-A-N-I-E and star has two R's. So Melanie at melaniestar.ca because I'm in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I have not ever really been to Canada. So I guess it's time to. You'll have to come. <laughs> take a little trip. Um, I, I was on the Canadian side when I was a student at the Merrill Palmer Institute um, in Detroit. And I went to the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. So I guess I stepped into Canada briefly, but cool. that's the extent of my Canadian exposure is right there. Well, I can only claim to have been in Florida once as well. Although twice, actually twice. So a uh, beautiful place though. No, what am I saying? Three times I've been in Florida. Yeah. Oh. Well, I would say that uh, coming to Florida from uh, maybe like mid-November until the first part of May, those are the best months of the year to be here. Um, the humidity is just crazy during the summertime and some parts of it are better than others. I happen to live on the west side, the west coast. So um, we always have what's called a, a gulf breeze over here. Nice. But uh, it does not change the humidity level, which is usually 70% or thereabouts. And the temperature is usually somewhere between 91 and 95 during the summer months. So it's pretty hot, it's pretty, hot, pretty uh, oppressive to say the very least. <laughs> well, I want to thank you. Um, you will be back on the show uh, sometime probably uh, around the 1st of December. And uh, we'll, you know, look at um, whatever you want to talk about at the time. But this has been a very informative yeah. show. And uh, thank you for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. And talk about soul realignment. I haven't talked about it publicly really very much. So it's fun. Well, to me, it was just an amazing experience because, like I said, so much of it was absolutely accurate and I could resonate with what you were saying. And it was like, well, that explains a lot of things. So um, thank you very much for doing that. You're very and, welcome. Uh, for everybody listening to the show, uh, remember to check out www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And there are 16 pages of shows that are archived there. So I think I'm getting close to 160 shows now that are out there. And uh, everybody has a wonderful background and a wonderful uh, story to share so melanie thank you and uh we thank will, you lucy we will be in touch and uh for everybody else go out there and please make this your very best life thanks so much 
Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.